1: Friday and welcome to Girls Talking Boys on Blogging the Boys Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray and today I am joined by another BT beer Brandon Lori from the Writer's Block podcast. Hey Brandon, how's it going?
0: Uh, I am very excited to be here. We mentioned pre-show that I have followed Kelsey and everything that she's done with the Cowboys over the years. I listen to your podcast all the time. So to be a part of the legacy of this show, I'm happy <laughs> that I can etch my name into the into the brick now uh, for you guys.
1: Oh, wow. Well, um, Kelsey is excited that you're here to take over for her and i you're going to be a great Kelsey. I just, I believe in that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to channel my inner Kelsey. I can't do, uh, the laugh and everything that she has, uh, <laughs> the, the high, uh, that she's known for, but the wacky
1: know. takes off though, like yeah. you can go as crazy as you want
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Definitely.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to get started. We're going to talk about the Cowboys day, obviously, but there's a lot of stuff that came up. Um, yesterday that I thought was just so funny because you know, the Thursday night football game, the first one of the season, everyone should be excited and focused on that game. Um, and yet the Cowboys were a topic of conversation when the Detroit Lions played the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, did you catch that game and know exactly what I'm talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did watch the game. I think for me, I'm just happy football is back. We can finally talk about football and, and talk about our favorite players, favorite teams. But it is the Cowboys. It's, it's something that everybody wants to focus on. And when that interception was thrown, it is something that immediately jumped in my mind. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is just... It, I knew Dak I knew yeah. Prescott's name was going to be brought up. But I think there were a lot more defense... Uh, Dak Prescott truthers out there than uh, sort of detractors.
1: Oh, absolutely! I thought the uh, Dak defenders were in full force last night. I felt a little bad for Noah Brown if he went on the internet and caught some strays. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> yeah, Kadarian Tony had um. He had he missed a couple balls. We'll say that.
0: <laughs> he he's on my fantasy <laughs> football team. I started no! him, and uh, <laughs> yeah, when I saw 0. .5 points, uh, I was very upset with that. And then somebody else started another player and they had point four, So it was just a bad night all around for the Chiefs. And, you know, I think people need to understand that. And, and we're going to talk about this too, with the week one matchup. I do not care about week one as much as I used to when I was a fan and now transitioning to be a writer where it's not the end all be all if the team just doesn't look good. And for the Chiefs, you have to trust that they are a team that's coming off of a Super Bowl win. Like they have been there, done that. And the fact that they didn't have Travis Kelsey, it's like, The Cowboys, similarly last year, like the sky was falling in Dallas. Everybody thought Dallas would be, you know, a six win team. Then they went on to win 12 games. So for all the mishaps that happened last night with the chiefs and sort of comparables to the Cowboys and everything to me, I just don't worry about it. Like I used to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm not worried about the chiefs in any form or fashion. Um, They'll figure that out, especially getting Travis Kelsey back. Um, But yeah, I just thought it was funny, you know, the Cowboys getting brought up the Dak interception thing the story that will not die. Um, you know, you know and it, of course it was in a positive light, at least for the most part this time. Um, and that's something that we're, you know, going to face going into this season. It's a, it's the show me year for Dak Prescott, especially, you know, last night also, uh, Joey B got a contract too. So it was like, it was a big Dak time for Cowboys Twitter. <laughs>
0: Well, and and I mean, rightfully so. Joey B, not only the most handsome uh, quarterback in the NFL. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, rightfully so, well-deserving. I mean, we saw a lot of contracts handed out this offseason. Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. And, you know, this is just bound to happen. And so now it's a unique case. Well, where do the Cowboys lie with Dak Prescott? Where when he signed his extension four years ago, five years ago, um, you know, he wanted the four-year deal. He didn't want the five. The Cowboys are, are known for either going two years with their deals or all the way in fully committed, not the Tyrant Smith level, where it was a 10-year deal, uh, forever ago. Um, but I do think that you try and figure out, okay, well, where does Dak fall in line with Joe, uh, Joe Burrow? And I was kind of looking at the numbers and everything, both him and Justin Herbert have five-year deals. Uh, you know, for Justin Herbert, it was 262.5 million, 137 guaranteed for Joe Burrow, 275. 219 the i mean 219 million dollars guaranteed i i would absolutely love that but i was also shocked by the 0.01 i don't know where that came from uh and and why it was that but i'm sure that has something to do with comparing fully fully guaranteed money for him um but when you look at their legacy and where they're at right now burrows of course 26 uh comeback player of the year one pro bowl of course a super bowl appearance two years ago and then for Dak, he's 30 offensive rookie of the year walter payton man of the year and two-time pro bowler so Resume wise, they're very similar. But of course, with the upside, people are more willing to bet on Joe Burrow as opposed to Dak Prescott. So are you willing to hand out two hundred and eighty million dollars? That's sort of like the name or the number that I was thinking of for Dak, maybe five years for a lot of fans. They might say it's not worth it. But for me, I, I do think Dak is fully worth the money. He's a great leader, great player, um, and he's going into a new system right now with Mike McCarthy taking over where I think you just need to still give him some time and lower that cap number next year and just see what he can do. I, I, To me, Dak is a guy that I will never bet against. And if anybody can kind of show this year that they're worth this type of money, it would be him.
1: Oh, I agree with you on that. And the, I think the weird part though, was, you know, Jerry coming out today and saying that he would have to cut four players to give Dak a contract extension before the end of 2023. Um, and he's not going to do that because he wants to win now, which I mean, me too, bro. But I think the con- contract <laughs> extension we thought was kind of going to get done before the season even started, before the Joey B number came out. So what's your take on that? Like, do you think that's just word vomit from Jerry, just distraction or like, do, are you going to read more into that?
0: Uh, the, the more I've become an advanced writer, the more I don't like transcribing what what uh, Jerry Jones has to say. And I mean, I give a ton of people like RJ a, credit, uh, a ton of credit for what they do. But I, I just look a few days ago when he was asked about the big cap number next year for Dak and his contract, he said that it's always on his mind and a contract extension can happen at any point. We expect Dak to be with us for a long time. So You're right. It is confusing where just four days ago, five days ago on Monday when he appeared on the radio until now where he's kind of conflicting with stuff. I do think it's a little blown out of proportion. I think with what he's talking about is it's just like we need all hands on deck. And if you hand out that money now, there's just not enough to go around right now. Now, at the end of the year, we'll see what happens. But. Again, Micah Parsons is going to have to be paid uh, within the next few years, and he's up for a contract extension uh, this offseason coming up. And, you know, he's only going to get better, at least that's in the eyes of everybody and what they believe. So his number will only get higher than what it would be right now. Of course, Nick Bosa signed his deal earlier this week. And not only that, but they still have to sign C.D. Lamb. And C.D. Lamb came out this week and said he's not really focused on a contract right now. He just want to foc- He wants to focus on a Super Bowl. So that's awesome. So there's just a lot of money that needs to be spent. And the Cowboys did give, of course, Trayvon Diggs, Terrence Steele, Malik Hooker, all these other guys uh, a, a more substantial contract extension, uh, reworked Zach Martin and his deal. So they're willing to do business. It's just a matter of finding the right way to do business. And I think that they're going to figure that out at the end of the year. I don't think that they're going to try and get something done with Dak right now just because it's just they know what the market is. They know what his price is. And I think they just have an idea in mind, but they're going to focus on it at the end of the year.
1: Do you think AI Jerry would get this done faster? <laughs>
0: <laughs> in, in a world of AI, uh, nothing uh, would surprise me anymore. Uh, I think so. I mean, me, I did think, you know, you brought it up earlier. You know, would this have gotten done in the offseason? I think that they probably wanted to get it done so they could just put it away. But, I mean, Dak is holding all the leverage, I think, in this situation. I mean, his his deal was perfectly done last year. It favored Dak, I think, when it came to talking with that press conference. I mean, Jerry did mention that he feels like he got kind of fleeced a little bit in the deal. Not his words exactly, but it was certainly a deal that I don't think Jerry Jones felt like he got the favorable side of it. And when Dak signed this deal, he knew the cap number would go to this after the restructure and all this. And I think Dak's been playing – Fair with the team with all these restructurings and everything that he's done over the years to push money down the road. But now it's at a point where you're at a crossroads where, like, you have to sign him, I think, into an extension where the cap number is just too high. There's really not much you can do. You need to commit to him long term. And, you know, maybe the Trey Lance trade was trying to create some sort of leverage. I don't think so uh, in the slightest. I think just Trey Lance is just somebody that the Cowboys were just taking a chance on. If he develops into a high end backup, they can kind of trade. Uh, down the line. I think that's fine, but I think they wanted to get it done, and it didn't, but I think that's because Dak wants to hold as many cards as possible come the offseason.
1: Hey, they always say that Jerry's a good businessman, but don't sleep on Dak Prescott. He's out here dealing. all right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, he honestly, like he is as uh, I mean, he he won Walter Payton Man of the Year. Like the guy (laughs) knows what he's doing. He's great in the community. He's Mm -hmm. very business oriented. Um, Every time he talks, it's just he's, he's locked in. And like I said, I mean, that's a guy that I'd bet on 10 times out of 10 and the whole locker room does. It would be interesting to see where if they didn't want to play ball with him and then, you know, I mean, he has a no trade clause, so there's really nothing that they could do. It's just, unfortunately, if he goes into the next season with that big cap number, what type of animosity might be created from that if they're not willing to do business within the locker room. So I don't want to talk about that right now because it's too much of a headache. Uh, but yeah, we won't even get into the
1: Trey Lance of it all in that one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, we do have a game coming up on Sunday. Obviously we are playing the New York giants, but this week has been kind of marred by, or at least for me, um, every time an offensive lineman gets mentioned this week, I'm just like having heart palpitations. Um, (laughs) so obviously the big ones, there was obviously Donovan Wilson, Sam Williams are also injured, Um, but we had Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith join the injury fold. Um, Have you heard anything more on that? From what I've heard, Tyler's like the the lesser likely one, but they're like, I'm hearing they're probably going to play.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of confidence within the building that they are going to play. I think where they're at right now is they're going to see how they go on Saturday. They both went through the mock game today as we're recording this on Friday. Um, and so I think things are looking positive. They definitely seem a lot more positive with uh, Tyron Smith. I think a fan asked Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com on Twitter. They're like, you know, does Tyron miss this game? And he just flat out said no. And no, oh, that's it. Uh, so I appreciate the candid honesty from Patrick there. But I think anytime Tyron's name pops up on the injury report, it's just like you said, you get ha- heart palpitations from it where it's just here we go. Another time, another season where we're hoping that the Cowboys offensive line stays intact. But even going back into training camp, I mean, you could go left to right and say, well, Tyler Smith has been dealing with this hamstring now. Tyron Smith is on the injury report. Tyler Biotis was dealing with an ankle injury. In the training camp, Zach Martin missed time. So you don't know where he's at with regards to in-game conditioning. Again, just like Dak, I won't bet against Zach Martin. And then Terrence Steele is coming off of his ACL injury as well, too. And he's all ready to go. It's just you see all these things and it's almost like glass. Like you're just walking on thin ice here. You're dealing with a lot of fragile glass here. And unfortunately, the Cowboys don't have the backups like they used to. You know, years ago, it was, you know, you had a lot of these guys like a Joe Looney or, um, Xavier uh, Suafilo, you know, years ago, uh, which I finally learned how to, to say his name <laughs> just in this moment. Um, there we go. But it's just they don't have that right now. Like Juma Adoga was dealing mm-hmm. with injuries. Awesome Richards looks great, and TJ Bass looked great during the preseason. But both of those guys are rookies, so you want to throw them into the fire against the Giants' defensive front, which is one of the best in the NFL. I don't think that that would be a matchup that the Cowboys certainly want to to avoid there. So. I, I think everything is is fine right now, but like with a giant asterisk written in crayon, nothing in pen um, for them right now. And I do think that if one player had to miss the game, I'd prefer it to be Tyron over Tyler because you got to think about the flexibility with Tyler Smith, where then he would become your left tackle. And then you could slide maybe Bass or Richards, even a Chuma Doga in there at left guard.
1: Yeah, God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun.
1: It's super not fun to think about, especially like and i'm i'm not one of these like crazy weather people but like the fact that it's you know likely going to be raining and like you have these guys that have you know some injury stuff going on um it's not really a fun thing to think about
0: <laughs> well and i'm in new jersey uh you know so for me it's like i'm in enemy territory behind enemy lines i won't be going to the game but i do know that for the giants you know they play outdoors if it's rainy if it's messy Certainly not great for offensive linemen because you're almost on skates at that point. And, you know, I know the Giants have been known to have, you know, artificial turf. Of course, they had all these injuries that popped up with ACLs and everything. So I do think that they transitioned from what my memory remembers. I do think that they made almost like a faux artificial turf and half grass, half turf uh, type field in the offseason. They kind of redid all that to prevent injuries. But still, it's like outdoor elements are not good for offensive linemen, but then you figure then pass rushers can't get home as easily. So hopefully it kind of neutralizes itself. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's not fun. If I really had to say right now with confidence, I would say, I think both of them are playing. um, But like Tyler Smith is the one that's probably the most up in the air right now.
1: Yeah, I think they were saying, look out for what happens on Saturday for that. Um, So, you know, we're all going to cross our fingers and toes and pinkies and all that good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) We definitely need both of those guys out there. A good way to start the season would be to have them. Um, All right. So you're obviously like your podcast is called Writer's Block. You are a writer through and through. What is a storyline that you're paying attention to in this matchup?
0: I think for me, I completely forgot about the fact that Micah Parsons was dealing with the flu the last time he played the Giants. And I remember like everyone was saying, oh, he might not go. And he said he wanted to play. I think he was drinking, just chugging Pedialyte like crazy uh, to make sure he was ready to go. And he still had a pretty productive game, but not to the level of what we expect Micah to be at. And of course, then that meant Demarcus Lawrence had the game of his uh, of his career of a season last year where he had three sacks. And so I look at Where's Micah Parsons right now, uh, you know, subject to what his expectations are for this year? A lot of people are saying he might bre- uh, break the all-time sack record. He certainly had uh, a training camp that was probably on the elite level of what what it looked like with Des Bryant years ago. People were just blown away by what he was able to do in Oxnard. So where does he start? Does he start slow? Does he start fast? Last year he had a great game against the Bucks, and then second week against the Bengals too. So we'll see where he's at. But I think for me it's just – The new toys, right? Brandon Cooks, Stephon Gilmore. I want to see those guys. Brandon Cooks, he's been always a favorite player of mine. I think Stephon Gilmore is very underrated. And, you know, people are saying, oh, Gilmore is old. He can't really do what he used to be when he was defensive player of the year. To me, he was the guy in Indianapolis last year. They had nobody else uh, across from him. So he was always going against the number one guy. But the Cowboys have Trayvon Diggs. They have Deron Bland. They have Jordan Lewis, who will will hopefully uh, be active in this game. So he doesn't have to be the guy in Dallas, similar with Brandon Cooks, where Brandon Cooks was always the number one guy wherever he went. But now you have CeeDee Lamb, you have Michael Gallup. And I think for the Cowboys, yeah. they have favorable matchups where, you know, the Giants are gonna be playing two rookie cornerbacks uh, and including Adoree Jackson in there. So I think experience of Cooks will play a big factor in that Dak and him really hit it off in training camp. So I think just seeing those guys, I think will build a lot of confidence for Cowboys fans and what we envision the season to be Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDSE.
1: I'm so excited for that wide receiver core. Honestly, like it, it, that kind of brings me back to the talk of last night, like the the interceptions and stuff like that. That was my big problem last year. Is I didn't feel like they dealt with that like entire receiving core. Like they could have done a lot more with that. Yeah. Um, And to have him, like, have weapons like that and just, like, to shore that up, I think he's going to, like, it's going to make him shine. It's going to make them shine. Everything is going to be all kosher over there, and I hope.
0: Well, and and that's the one thing I wanted to ask when you were talking about the Chiefs game. Like, that gave me flashbacks to, what what was it, 2018, where the Cowboys rolled out Allen Hearns, Deontay Thompson, Tavon Austin, and Kadarius Toney and Tavon Austin are very similar players. And it got me thinking, like, if there was one player on the Cowboys who they would like similar to Travis Kelsey, missing the game, who the Cowboys could, could not afford to lose. It's like, would it be CD lamb to me? And I'll, I'll let you answer the question too. But for me, it would be Tony Pollard. Cause I think that similar with, with Travis Kelsey, there's no depth behind him at tight end. They don't really have proven depth at running back. Right? And we all love Deuce Vaughn. We love Deuce, right. but it's just like Tony Pollard is the guy. And then that's it. So I don't know who you feel like would be sort of that, Missing piece that the Cowboys the can't afford to second lose. Second,
1: you said that my first thought was Tony Pollard. Oh, I was okay, like, if yeah. Tony Pollard was not there; we'd be in trouble. Yeah. Um, because I mean, he uses the running backs to set the tone with the offense, um, whether it's you know, you know, blocking or what have you. But um, just he's a key piece, and like the fact that he's going to be back in full action, like I'm really excited to see him. If if I had to pick somebody else, probably. Probably CD. Mm. Um, and I'm really interested to see how he does with the tight ends, like as his little safety blankets, whenever he has problems to those ends.
0: Yeah. And similarly, when we are talking about tight end, the other thing that we mentioned, uh, you yeah, know, pre-show is that Darren Waller, uh, Michael Galton tweeted this out of Dallas morning news that Darren Waller is now questionable to play. Uh, he's dealing with a hamstring. All these hamstring injuries are just popping up. I, I don't know what it is. People need to do more yoga. I've never done yoga uh, in my lifetime, but I hear it's great. It's it's good for you. <laughs> I almost um,
1: feel like I have a hamstring issue, like with all this stuff going around.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's sympathy pain. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so if Darren Waller misses the game, then of course that plays in favor of the Cowboys. Um, so and, and that's a player that they can't afford to lose because all reports out of Giants camp this offseason and everything is that. Darren Waller is like their number one wide receiver. I think Daniel Jones was throwing to him so much in practice where they had to take Darren Waller off the field and have him kind of throw to other people. So I think if, if he misses the game, that's a huge loss for the giants, but it just shows that if one piece that's so crucial to the offense is missed, like it could really mess things up. And I do think Tony Pollard is that guy for the Cowboys. And I just, again, knock on wood, everything ends up being okay.
1: Yeah. And I'm really interested to see how that running back core, like, develops throughout the year, you know, because obviously right now we're looking at it like if Tony's out, we're going to have issues. Yeah. But like, you know, maybe he does get a lot more help from Rico and Deuce and it could be, we don't want him out at all. But like, if he was down for a couple games, like maybe we wouldn't freak out as much. We don't know yet. We're going to find out.
0: Yeah, well, and also Hunter Lipke is still on the team, you know.
1: Exactly. So yeah.
0: you know, you never know what could happen. Do
1: you think he's going to play on Sunday?
0: Uh, I, it's tough because you know I posted on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call. It. I'm still calling yeah, it Twitter. I still say Twitter. <laughs> and, and you know, for the Cowboys when they kept him, I was a little surprised, a little shocked, given the fact that Sean McCune was like their sort of fullback throughout the entirety of training camp and the offseason with regards to the preseason games. I just didn't see him be used in a fullback role. So to me, I think he's kept on this team for short yardage. Similar to what happened with Zeke last year, where if they need to get a touchdown um, on the goal line, it'll either be, I think Dak or Hunter Lipke, I think he'll be active. It just remains to be seen how much he can contribute on special teams, right? Like if he's yeah. a good core special teams player, I think no questions asked. He'll be, be on special teams um, and be, do similar like what happened with Luke Gifford a few years ago where he was like a good special teams player. Um, but if he can't, then I, I don't think he'll be active if he can't show that special teams contribution, but I hope he is because if he can score a touchdown, if him deuce and Pollard all score touchdowns, I think t- Cowboys Twitter would go nuts. <laughs>
1: yeah give the people what they want come on yeah yeah (laughs) um all right well who do you think is going to make the biggest impact on Sunday night
0: we were just talking about Tony Pollard I I I love this guy I am so happy that he's getting finally the credit to just shine you know he didn't get the contract that he wanted this offseason but immediately when he was tagged with a franchise tag he played ball with the Cowboys he signed it immediately he knows where he's at I think he just has so much to prove right now where Zeke is no longer in the building and both of them got along great. I don't think that there was ever a question about their relationship. He, uh, Zeke has shown him a bunch of praise, uh, you know, online throughout the offseason and vice versa. And the fact that he kind, he gets to be front center, not only that he's on my fantasy team. So I want him to do oh, <laughs> Um, So that's really the the real reason, but I do think for Pollard, it's, you know, he's a great runner. Uh, with the football in his hands, but he's also a great pass catcher. And I think that with the Cowboys are trying to mitigate the pass rush and, you know, the Giants are really good at blitzing. How you do that is you just do a quick dump off to Tony Pollard, you know, in a swing pass out of the backfield, and then he can run for 20, 30 yards. So I think he will have a very pivotal role. And not only that, but we mentioned the weather. I think that'll play a factor into maybe running the ball a little bit more. And when Pollard played the Giants last year, he had 165 yards. And specifically at MetLife, when he played in week three, Um, He had uh, about eight yards of carry. So I think he is explosive. He's very familiar with the field, the atmosphere. Um, If they play in the Navy jerseys, I think it would be look, look, it would look so crisp to just see him bouncing through uh, the tackles uh, for the Cowboys. So I expect him to have a pretty, pretty solid game.
1: And I love that, especially with the Navy's like, when do we get to find that out? Saturday?
0: I hope so soon. I mean, yeah. I have, I've been checking to see what Giants Twitter is throwing out to see if maybe they kind of tipped their hand a little bit. Um, I know the Cowboys, I think it was the last time they started week one on the road uh, was with Tampa Bay when they donned the Navy jerseys, and that game was phenomenal. Like, I, even though they lost, they didn't really feel like a loss because it was just a great game all around. But uh, I think that was the last time they donned the the Navy jerseys week one.
1: See, that's what I said. I was at that game, and I, like, I was with two Cowboys friends, obviously. And I was like, Oh, that like, that was a really good game. Like we looked really good. And they were like, we lost. And I was like, I'm aware but (laughs) we looked really good. Did you see that?
0: So where would you say, and and if you want to give your, your impact player, this might tie into, but like, if the Cowboys lose in this fashion or if they don't do this, like, again, like I mentioned at the top, I don't really put a lot of stock into week one as much as I used to, um, but if if the cowboys didn't do this like what would that be that would make you feel like okay i'm a little more hesitant about where they're going this year
1: i would say if they're having <clears throat> a problem establishing the run with mm. tony and well like i, I think tony's going to do great but like if they're having a problem with that and like not and i think that's going to really be more of an o-line thing and i think that's going to shore up if we have the smiths there like yeah. <laughs> So there's a couple different things that would make me f- worried, um, but I I'm okay. I'll tell you this. I'm a very anxious person. So I could probably tell you like 10 different scenarios that I've already thought of and thought through. Um, let's see.
0: I also, I also look at again, the chiefs looked so vulnerable last night, but yeah. again, we're recording this on, on Friday and I just, to me, if they could look like that and, and still be considered like the best team in the NFL, they, the Cowboys can't look any worse like they really didn't right. I mean the Chiefs had success and everything but at the end of the game you're just like man this is not the Chiefs team that we're used to seeing so if the Cowboys don't perform up to that level or and that's like the baseline like the absolute floor I don't know I would just say it's like you, everybody's transitioning they're transitioning into a new offense so are the Cowboys they didn't play any of their starters in the preseason the Cowboys didn't so like yeah you might have a couple hiccups along the way but Again, it's just it's week one. Like the extra game right. at the end of the year kind of prevents this from really mattering too much.
1: That's a really good point. Um yeah, there's there's nothing that's gonna make me like be chicken little like last year. Um, <laughs> so at least there's that unless there's a big injury knock on wood. I yeah. think that would that's the only thing that will make me actually panic. Um, But to give you a impact player that is not Tony Pollard. um, I'm going to just, I'm going to give it to my guy, Tank Lawrence. Nice. He, he loves him some Daniel Jones or any quarterback that is wearing a uh, New York Giants uniform. So I think he's going to, he's going to, I know that Micah Parsons is going to be there, but I think that he's going to get some sacks on Daniel. And I think that's going to be a big deal for him and us.
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. I put out on, again, X slash Twitter uh, today (laughs) that he has 45 tackles uh, in 15 games that he's played the Giants, 10 sacks and 12 tackles for loss. Like, I mean, the guy's coming off a Pro Bowl season where he really wasn't like the Demarcus Lawrence that we're used to seeing. So he was healthy all last year. So I think that for him, again, he's he's playing, I think, as this big brother, this leader role. And I think people forget that he's on this team. Um, And again, if he goes up against Evan Neal, he put him on skates last year. Um, We don't know what he's going to be like heading into year two for Evan Neal. So I think DeMarcus Lawrence could have a great game and I would not be shocked. So I think that's a great pick.
1: Oh, yeah. And like the combination of him and Parsons, like full power together. I'd be scared if I was Daniel, like I'd be shaking in my boots. I get it.
0: I, I also there was an interview that he did with Up and Adams, which I big fan of Kay Adams Love her. Um, and Daniel Jones was on there yesterday. And it was kind of taken a little out of context. Like when you look at the tweet and the quote, he said, you know, Parsons is a good player, uh, but we have a plan for him. It, it's just his personality. Like Daniel Jones isn't really good with his adjectives, uh, you know, describing people. So I think he meant great. Uh, but the way he said it, people went off. They're like, oh, well, we'll <laughs> see. Oh, well, he thinks Parsons is good. Not great. Oh, well, you know, it's it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's just Daniel Jones is like Mr. Vanilla. You know, he's he just is. he is so even keel, um, which is very different for New York and what they're not used to. Again, being from the area, people are they yeah. want a little bit more fire from him. But he's just he's Eli part two. And I don't think people like that. Um, But he's <laughs> listen, he's a good quarterback. He Respects Micah Parsons. It was just funny to see the overwhelming response from Cowboys fans.
1: Yeah, um, as he, I feel like he's a media training guy, and that is a very media training answer, but it's yeah. not a good internet answer. <laughs> no, n- not at all. <laughs> you can really rarely make the internet happy, though, anyways. Daniel, it's okay. This is true. Um, who gets the first touchdown on Sunday night for the Cowboys?
0: Uh, give me Fergie. Uh, Jake Ferguson. I, I, I uh, similarly to Tony Pollard taking on this like number one role, I think Ferguson has everything laid out in front of him to be a dominant guy. He's put in so much work this offseason with Dak. Um, I think he is primed for a very, very successful season. I mean, Dalton Schultz had an amount, an immense amount of success in this offense with Dak, and Dak loves throwing to his tight ends. So I think give me a ferguson touchdown to start the year the chiefs started with a tight end touchdown last night um so just keep the tight end train rolling
1: there you go i literally wrote down deuce for the plot jake <laughs> ferguson is likely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: i i would love i would love a deuce Vaughn touchdown it, it would be funny if it was deuce Vaughn before tony pollard yeah. Um, but again, I think Cowboys Twitter would absolutely explode <laughs> uh, if Deuce Vaughn scored a touchdown in this game, regardless if it was the first one or last one. Just we need more Deuce uh, in our lives. I saw the Roku uh, documentary, the, the draft documentary. And just again, for his family and everything, I mean, uh, similar to Dak, like you cannot root against this guy. Short king, small king. I'm a guy who's 5'7", so I'm not the tallest tree in the okay. forest. So for me, I'm, I'm all about it.
1: Yeah, he is a uh, taken the internet by a storm. He's just such a likable guy. His dad's so likable. The store, the storyline, come on, it writes yeah. itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's I, I, I cannot wait. Again, we're we're this is like a few days before kickoff. Like I just I want to fall asleep in a coma for two days and then wake up and it just be kickoff. I just I'm so right? ready for football and the Cowboys to take the field uh, because the off season is so long now. Um, I just I, I'm I'm excited. That's all I can say.
1: I'm with you on that. Um, I didn't put this down for you, but I kind of feel like you can give me a good answer on anyways. Who do you think gets the first interception?
0: Ooh. Uh, I, again, similarly, I think it would be awesome if Mozzie Smith got it, you know, like a big man <laughs> interception. Um, but He's I don't know.
1: An interception.
0: Yeah, like Micah Parsons, of course, needs an interception. So I think that could be a good one. Um, but You know what? Give it to to Trayvon Diggs. You know, I think that he needs to, again, shake off this false narrative that he lost a step last year. People were upset. Oh, he didn't have the 11 interception uh, interception season. He's coming off of the big contract extension. So he needs to, quote unquote, prove himself, even though I don't think he does. Um, I just think he took his game to another level this offseason. He's very consistent now. Um, And I do think that, you know, maybe the Giants will test him early just to see where he is. Of course, he's susceptible to the double move. And I think Jalen Hyatt, the rookie for the Giants, is really good at that and a speedster down the field. But if Trayvon Diggs can stick with him, and I think the Giants will come out and try and test them early with a 75-yard bomb or something like that. Um, And I think if Diggs can intercept that, just kind of run with him like he did with Terry McLaurin a few years ago, I think that would set the tone. It would be awesome for Diggs, too.
1: I would love that. I said Duran Bland.
0: Yeah, I could see Um, that.
1: But honestly, like I love Anyone that gets an in the reception doesn't yeah. matter. I will take it. What? And we're not actually placing bets on this, so it, it doesn't matter to me, but I just said Duron bland or as I like to call him zesty. Or, zesty.
0: or anything, but that's what Jeff is always bland. used to say. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we love him. Um, All right. What is your score prediction for Sunday night's?
0: So this is a little convoluted. Again, as a writer, I'm very long-winded, like to talk a lot. But, you know, Mike McCarthy established the theme this week of Carpe Omnia, uh, Mm -hmm. which means seize everything. And actually, the last time that Mike McCarthy used Latin as sort of a theme for his team was in 2010 when the Packers beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. He used it that week. He used Carpe Diem, which, of course, is the more popular Latin term from Dead Poet Society. Robin Williams, uh, shout out to Robin Williams. Um, And Mike McCarthy, of course, has never won a week one game being the head coach of the Cowboys. He's 0-3, but the last time he faced an NFC East opponent on the road to kick off a season was in 2010 when he won the Super Bowl, beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-20. to So for me, I'm sticking with that score. Give me 27-20 Cowboys. I think that things are lining up for this to be a really special year, regardless of where it ends up. I just think I feel something special about this team compared to when I started following them so many years ago. I think my first vivid memory of the Cowboys – actually sitting down and watching was the Tony Romo fumble against the Seahawks in the wild Card game. So like, that's been my impression of this team since uh, being uh, a childhood fan. So I think finally they get over that hump. They have a special year and what better way to kick it off with all these storylines and trends of, you know, sort of that 2010 season where it was magical for Mike McCarthy. And I, I just love Mike McCarthy. I think if he had a great year and was able to, again, shake the narrative of winning week one, I think it would just set the Cowboys on a course for success this year.
1: We were in the same vein here. I said 27-23, so I think we're on to something.
0: Yeah, we're I, I think it. Th- there's a 27 feel about this. Yeah. Uh, I know J-Ron changed his number. He's now number one, but 27 has always been a good, solid number. I got the Cowboys prediction last year when they beat the Bengals. I was the only one to pick, I think, the Bengals out of BTB, maybe me and one other person, but I got the score right. Uh, so I'm usually pretty, in, pretty good in the ballpark with this, uh, but I just think, you know, for them, offense will look good, not great, not what we're used to, but I think the defense will kind of show up and get a few interceptions, a, a few sacks, and everything will be okay uh, setting up for the Aaron Rodgers-Jets matchup, which, again, that's a story all on its own, and I don't want to think about that. But if you get yeah. off 1-0 and to start the year, Week 2 doesn't really matter as much either.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll focus on the Giants for now. We'll, uh, Aaron, we're coming for you, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right tell everyone where they can follow you and listen to you
0: yeah it's going to be at brandon is right uh w-r-i-t-e we're all about the puns uh from where i come from and uh i actually just started a uh, sub stack um a newsletter so you can click on my twitter bio it's called press coverage um, Again, with the puns, with journalism, all, all about right. it. Um, So you can click subscribe to that. But yeah, you can follow all my stuff on BTB, on bloggingtheboys.com. And then also the Writer's Block podcast, which comes out every Tuesday morning on the Blogging the Boys podcast network.
1: Heck yeah. Well, I am so appreciative of you for joining me today. Um, you can check out anything I do at Megbury with four hours on anywhere you can follow people at because that's, that's uh, my brand right there. But make sure that you go to bloggingboys.com, check out everything that we have going over there. Um, Anything that happens will appear there with lots of explanation for you, so you won't miss a thing. Um, Also, every single day we have podcasts out for you, so make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. And until next week, Dallas forever, Philly for (laughs) never.
0: Birds are not real.
1: That's right. (laughs)